Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Money Girl podcast, where my job and mission is to help you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and author based in Austin, Texas. Thanks so much for downloading the show and to everyone who submitted five-star reviews and ratings in iTunes. It really means a lot to me, and it also helps the podcast get visibility so new listeners can find us and I can help more people get the financial information that they need. So if you're getting value from the show, the best way to give back to me and everyone at the QDT Network is to take a moment to submit a quick five-star review in iTunes. Thanks in advance for that. This is episode number 505 called Credit Q&A, Build Credit, Dispute Errors, and Prioritize Debt. So this is another Q&A show. I love doing these because it allows me to really kind of knock out a bunch of questions at once. And the questions that we've got today have come in from a variety of places, from the Money Girl blog, from listeners to this show, and also to members of my free Dominate Your Dollars Facebook group. And if you're not a member yet, I would encourage you to take a look. You can search for Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or you can send me a text message. Just text the word dollars to the number 33444 and you'll get pretty instant access. Credit is a really important topic and it's one that I think confuses a lot of people. We're not really taught what credit is or how to build credit in school or college. It's just one of those things we're expected to figure out. And it's not complicated, but there are some pretty key factors that help you build credit. And if you mess up pretty much any of them, it's going to hurt you on your credit score. So getting these questions answered for you is really important, and, and I hope it'll help you build credit. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you already know that getting your credit up is going to help you save money. It's key to a lot of aspects of our finances. And the bottom line is that the better your credit, the less you pay for debt, like credit cards, lines of credit, car loans, and mortgages. But I think what trips a lot of people up is that even if you decide to never borrow money, so let's say you never buy a home, you never buy a car, you never borrow any money, your credit rating still affects your finances. Let me give you an example. Having poor credit means you could be turned down by a prospective employer, or even have an application to rent an apartment denied. 
Poor credit typically causes you to pay more for security deposits on different kinds of utility accounts like power, cable, and cell phone. And credit is a major factor in the rates that you pay for insurance like auto insurance, home insurance, and renter's insurance in most states. Let me give you an example on how much having good credit can save you if we're talking about a 30-year mortgage. So let's say the mortgage charges you 1% less because you've got good credit instead of average credit. The savings over the life of the loan could be $30,000 on a $150,000 loan. That's a relatively low mortgage amount. The bigger the loan, the more potential interest savings is at stake. So we're talking about real money here that your credit is going to cost you or save you. So for all these reasons, maintaining good credit is just a fundamental part of a healthy financial life. Don't believe anyone who tells you otherwise or encourages you to drop out of the credit system. There's really no such thing. Having no credit is the same as having bad credit. If you have no credit, you have what's called a skinny credit file or a thin credit file. And it just basically means you have poor credit and you're going to get penalized in all the ways that I'm talking about. So it's a key part of having healthy finances. And in this podcast, I'll answer four questions about credit that I hope will help you. So let's dive right in. The first one comes from Thomas M., who says, I have four credit cards, two of which have apoplexy-inducing balances with high utilization ratios, but I plan to pay them off within about five months. My other two cards are paid off in full every month and have low utilization rates. When will I see the high utilization matter less for my credit scores? Thomas, thanks for your great question and for being a longtime participant in the Money Girl community. And if you're not sure what the heck Thomas is talking about, stay with me. I'm going to answer his question and then give you a little bit more background on this topic. Your credit utilization is a factor on revolving accounts. Those are your credit cards and lines of credit, things that never really close. They just kind of revolve or or stay open from month to month. Your credit utilization is graded or scored every month as your creditors report new information to your file and the reporting agencies update your balance information. So if your available credit limit stays constant, While you reduce your outstanding balance each month, your utilization ratio will also decrease each month. That boosts your credit scores right away, and they'll continue to rise each month as you chip away at your balances and cut your utilization rate. Now, let me back up and make sure you understand credit utilization. Your credit utilization ratio is a formula that divides your outstanding balance on a revolving account, like a credit card or line of credit, as I mentioned, by your credit limit on that account. For example, if you currently owe $1,000 on a credit card that has a $2,000 credit limit, your ratio is $1,000 divided by 2000 or 50%. You're basically using half of your available credit limit. So your utilization ratio is 50%. Now to build or maintain great credit, the lower your credit utilization, the better. A low credit utilization ratio tells potential lenders a little something about how you use credit. It tells them that you're using credit responsibly. 
Likewise, a high utilization ratio indicates that you could be under some financial strain or be getting close to missing a payment because all of a sudden you're using a lot of your available credit. So optimal credit utilization is no more than 20 to 25%. That means for a card with a $2,000 credit limit, your ideal balance would never exceed $500 or 25% of that available credit limit. Now, you may be thinking, well, what do I do if I want more spending power? If you need to charge more than 25% of a credit card's limit, It's time to get an additional credit card so you can spread out the charges. It's better for your credit to have two cards, each with low utilization rates, than to have one card that you consistently max out. And this is a common misconception about credit. A lot of people mistakenly believe that you can extend this recommended 25% limit without hurting your credit as long as you pay off the entire balance in full each month. Now, while paying off your entire credit card balance is definitely what I recommend, it's a very wise move because you never pay any interest if you pay off your balance each month. But the problem is using too much of your available credit limit can still hurt you. It can still be a drag on your credit scores even when you pay it off each month. Here's why. The reporting dates used by card companies varies, and it's typically not the same date as your statement due date. In other words, if your balance is high on the date that your card company reports it to the national agencies, you'll have a high utilization ratio and see your scores go down even if you pay off the entire balance the next day. All the credit agency knows is what is reported to it at that time each month. So it's always better to have low balances on multiple credit cards than to have one card that you max out. And if you don't want more than one credit card, another strategy is to make multiple payments throughout the month. Maybe you send in money every single week to reduce the balance as much as possible before it gets reported to the nationwide credit bureaus. What's key to remember about utilization is that to build credit, you don't have to pay interest and you don't have to go into long-term debt. You can simply use a credit card to make charges that you pay off in full every month. You just don't want to go over that 20 to 25% limit. So if you're using a card responsibly, you're charging no more than 20 to 25% each month of your limit, and you're paying it off in full. Also note that your utilization ratio is generally considered a comparison of your total credit used compared to your total credit available. However, It's also calculated on a per-card basis, so you don't want to let your balance on any one card get too high. Thomas, I hope that helps you. Uh, You should see improvement right away as you begin paying those high cards down. Uh, Another show that you may be interested in to learn a little bit more about credit scores is podcast number 467. It's called Five Lesser Known Reasons Why Your Credit Score Drops. And I talk about utilization in that show. So that'll give you a little bit more information if you're still unclear. All right, moving on to question number two. This one comes from Phoebe MR, who says, I'm in so much credit card debt and I'm trying to create a plan to pay it off. Should I focus on my card with the highest utilization ratio or the one with the highest balance first? 
This is a great question, Phoebe. Thanks so much for sending it in. You're definitely moving in the right direction because having a plan is the first step toward taking control of your finances. So here's what I recommend. If your credit is good, I recommend that you focus on the highest interest rate credit card first. For instance, if you have a card that charges 28% APY and one that charges 14% APY, APY is annual percentage yield, I would tackle the 28% card balance first. Getting rid of your most expensive card cuts the most interest, and then you can use that money that you save to pay off the balance even faster. Of course, you want to continue making minimum payments on all of your accounts, but you'll funnel extra money into the most expensive card first. Now, if your credit is in bad shape right now, it's also costing you in ways that I previously mentioned. So if you have, let's say, average or poor credit, I recommend paying more on your card with the highest utilization ratio until it's down to 25% or less, like I recommended previously. And that will help you boost your credit scores pretty quickly if you can get those utilizations down. And if you're struggling with poor credit scores right now, one of the easiest and I'd probably say fastest ways to build it is to use a secured credit card. And to learn more about that, you can check out podcast number 437 called How to Build Credit with a Secured Credit Card. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, question number three comes from Christy J. She says, I recently saw on my credit report that an apartment I rented a long time ago is trying to collect over $5,000 from me. I called the complex, but they don't even have a record of me living there. When I left the apartment, my lease was up. What can I do to get this off my credit file? 
Christy, thanks for your question. I know how frustrating it can be to see incorrect information on your credit report. Errors can definitely be hurting your credit scores without you knowing it. That's why it's so important to check your reports at least once a year, and you can use free sites to do it like annualcreditreport.com, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame. There are a bunch of them out there. And if you see an error on your credit file, you need to dispute it right away with the bureau that issued the report. You can submit a formal dispute online 24-7 with any of the three agencies. And the three big agencies are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. When you do a dispute, you want to give a very clear, concise explanation of why you believe the data in your file is incorrect. However, if you suspect that an error is due to fraud, Like, you see a new account on your record that you never opened? That's serious, and there are different procedures to expedite the process that may require speaking to a representative or mailing some additional information if you do think it's fraud. Now, since you did live at the apartment, it sounds like the collection could be a genuine error and isn't the result of fraud or identity theft. But you need to initiate the dispute right away, and once you make it known, the credit bureau will open a claim and immediately forward it to the organization that originally provided the information. In general, the entity that submitted the data to the credit bureau has to verify it within 30 days. In the meantime, I would also get the name and address of the collection agency and contact them by snail mail to request verification of the debt. I don't recommend speaking with the collector on the phone if you can help it because it's easy to accidentally say something that gives them a leg up or resets the statute of limitations on a debt. And I'm going to talk more about the statute of limitations in the final question coming up. So hold on to that thought if you're not sure what the statute of limitations is. So Keep all your communication to certified mail so you've got hard copies of everything just in case you end up in litigation. The bottom line is that a collector must prove that you owe the debt and that they're authorized to collect it. If they don't, it should be removed from your credit file. And I'll mention a couple of previous shows that may help you with collections. There's podcast number 487 called Facts You Should Know About Old Debt and Zombie Collections. And podcast number 314 is The Law About Debt Collections Harassment. All right, the last question is from Shanti M., who says, I have two accounts in collection and four high-interest credit cards that are almost maxed out. I just got a low-interest loan to consolidate the debt. I want to boost my credit score quickly so I can get a home loan. Which account should I pay first, the ones in collection or the high-rate credit cards? Thanks for your question, Shanti. Tackling debt in the right order is important because it helps you reduce the most interest and that can allow you to pay off your balances faster. Plus, there are serious legal consequences to consider when you're in default and haven't paid an account as agreed. The credit bureaus can keep accounts in your credit file for a certain amount of time. Those with positive information stick around for 10 years. Any accounts with negative information, like late payments and accounts in collection, Stay on your credit report for up to seven years, except some types of bankruptcies, which may remain for up to 10 years. A common misconception about accounts in collection 
is that if you pay them in full or settle for a reduced amount, that they instantly disappear from your credit report and boost your credit scores. That's not what happens. The truth is that, as I mentioned, every old debt stays on your credit report until seven years after the date it first became delinquent. Having old accounts with negative information certainly hurts your credit scores. However, they become less damaging as they age. Plus, if you pay credit accounts on time each month, that new positive data is a powerful way to help repair your credit. But there's another time limit that you need to be aware of that I just mentioned called the statute of limitations. It sets a deadline for when a creditor can sue you for an unpaid debt. It varies depending on the state where you live, the type of debt you have, and your agreement with a creditor. For instance, the statute of limitations on credit card debt in some states is three years, but in others, it can go up to 10 years. And some debts, such as income taxes and federal student loans, don't have a statute of limitations because you are never off the hook for them. Even if the deadline for a creditor to sue you has passed, that doesn't guarantee that they'll disappear. Creditors can try to collect overdue money from you indefinitely because you still owe the debt. They can contact you and ask you to pay the debt or offer payment terms, but they can't sue you once the statute of limitations has expired. What's important to know is that there are rules that allow the statute of limitations to revive or restart at day one, which is known as re-aging an old debt. For instance, in some states, the statute of limitations clock restarts anytime you take an action on an old debt. The action could be something as innocent as acknowledging that an old debt is yours, promising to make a payment, agreeing to a payment plan, or making a payment no matter how small. And once you re-age an old debt on purpose or by mistake, the creditor can sue you for the full amount owed. That's a serious legal ramification that you should not overlook. Nevertheless, you may still decide to pay an old debt. For many people, paying debt is a moral obligation, and they want to honor it even if they've been through a hard financial time. A benefit to paying a debt in collections that has not already come off of your credit report after those seven years is that it changes the account status from unpaid to paid, and that does improve your credit. Another option to consider is settling your old debt for less than you owe. Most collectors are very willing to settle for a partial payment. For instance, if Shanti owes $10,000, she could offer to pay $5,000 with an agreement to be released from any further obligation. If you do negotiate a debt settlement, always get it in writing before making a payment. Otherwise, it could be considered a partial payment reviving the statute of limitations in some states, as I mentioned. When you settle a debt that's still on your credit report, the status changes from something like in collections to settled for the remainder of its seven-year history. That indicates that the debt was not paid in full as originally agreed, and that will have a negative effect on your credit scores. Now, that's better for your credit than leaving it unpaid, but not as good as paying it in full. So my advice for Shanti is to get clear about how she feels about her debt in collections. If she wants to pay some amount to make sure that collectors don't come after her, 
then I'd consider contacting them to negotiate a settlement. But if she can't afford a settlement, or maybe thinks the debt is in error or isn't bothered by getting contacted from creditors, then she could use her loan proceeds only for her credit cards. Shanti, until your credit and financial situation improves, I wouldn't even consider buying a home. Having two debts in collection and four maxed out credit cards tells me that your financial life isn't stable enough to handle the added pressure of home ownership right now. When you have poor credit, you're either turned down for a mortgage or charged a sky-high interest rate. And paying for a home with an expensive mortgage is really an unnecessary drain on your finances that I don't recommend. Credit scores don't increase overnight. It's going to take you some time to rebuild your credit, especially with serious black marks like accounts and collections on your record. It could take 12 to 24 months before your credit rebounds. Besides credit, home lenders evaluate you on other factors such as income, employment history, debt-to-income ratio, and the total amount of your debt. Shanti, instead of thinking about making a big purchase like a home, I'd like you to focus on reducing your spending so you can improve your financial foundation. Get back to the basics and work on the fundamentals, and that includes building an emergency fund, investing a minimum of 15% of your income for retirement, and having the right kinds of insurance to keep you safe. Once you've achieved those key financial goals and you've cut your debt to some reasonable levels, you'll be in a much better position to own a home responsibly. Shanti, I know that's probably not what you want to hear, but I think it's what you need to hear right now. Thanks to everyone who sent in these questions. Please keep them coming so I know what topics interest you or what financial challenges you're facing and you need the the most help navigating. And I've created a thriving community of thousands who are taking their financial game to the next level. It's my private Facebook group, which I mentioned. So send me a text message if you want to join. Text dollars to the number 33444, and I'll see you in the group. You can also reach me directly through my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 